we're in the Minor Prophets. And it's interesting because as I prepare these classes, I prepare them a pretty good bit in advance. And so I, I have been preparing the stuff that we've been looking at for quite some time. And as a result, I'm already preparing the next series in my head and on paper. And so there's part of me that wants to hurry up and get there and doesn't appreciate taking some time in the journey. And, and it's just my personality type. My personality type doesn't like lines. Um, that's why I've cut at least half of you off in the parking lot. Uh, I, I, probably more than half of you on the highway, but I do it. I wear those goofy glasses with the nose and the mustache so you don't know it's me. You think you've been cut off by Groucho Marx. But uh, I, I don't, I, I, I strategically try to figure out which lane at the stoplight will pull out quicker so that I adjust to get in that lane. I mean, I, I, I don't. And so I'm like, I got to get through this, man. I'm so, I'm, I'm, I got to move. I got to move. I got to move. And uh, last week uh, I said, you know, I'm so tempted to spend one more week in Zachariah, but I know we got to move. We got to move. And a number of you came up and said, would you please spend one more week in Zachariah? And so uh, here we are with Zechariah part four. And what it reminds me of is a TV commercial that used to be out when I was young. Do you remember this commercial? Some of you, some, look, this is like before you were ever born, okay? okay I'm not sure. It might be before your parents were born. Um, but see if you remember this. There is one potato chip that's made so thin, so light, so crisp. No one can eat just one. No one can eat just one. Do you remember that ad? Well, on YouTube, you can find the craziest things. Look what I found. Can we turn it up some? Hold on. We, we messed up. We got to go back. All right. All right. All right. We got some volume. You ready? There is. Can we turn it up, please? Minor prophet. That's written so well. So deep, so important, no one can teach it just once. <laughs> it's on YouTube. I thought, hey, uh, I'm not alone in this. Now, I will tell you this. I kind of um, musicked out on this lesson, and I recognize that my musical tastes are not the taste of everyone in here. So there's a really good chance that some of you are going to say, why did he choose that noise to play? But there are reasons behind each of the choices. And if you will not get up and walk out, I think before class is over, at least one of the musical choices will have uh, appealed to you. Okay. And uh, is Dale Hearn here? Yes, Dale's here. 
Uh, Dale chided me one time because I sent out an email saying I was going to quote Bruce Springsteen in the next class. And he said I didn't. And he hold, he's one of my accountability buddies. And so he held me accountable and said, you never quoted Bruce Springsteen. You said in the email you would. So I'm making good. Okay. Here's what we're going to do today. We've got a three-step approach to looking at some passages in Zechariah. And uh, uh, so, yeah, the potato chip theme, I'm sorry, it's just too good. We're going to read a passage, we're going to understand it, and we're going to apply it. Or as Becky would say, we're going to chip away at a passage, and then, <laughs> I'm sorry, we'll read a passage. Uh, she's a chip off the old block. And um, uh, we'll understand it and apply it. And, and I mean, it's just lather, rinse, repeat. We're just going to keep doing that until we run out of time. I've got a lot more passages than we've got time. And, uh, so we'll make it through and see what we got. All right. So with that, let's start with Zechariah five verses three and four. Now I got to tell you, this is Zechariah is truly one of my favorite old Testament books. It's possible it's become my favorite. So I, I just love this book. It's got so much to offer for so many. And, and today, for Mother's Day, I should have picked all of the cheery passages. But today I've got, some, I've got some really tough passages. Because life has got its cheery moments, but life can be very difficult. And, and if you're at a difficult stage in life or, or at a difficult moment, in some ways this class is for you. Look at this passage though. This is like, this is a tough passage. Uh, then God said to me, this is the curse that goes out over the face of the whole land. For everyone who steals will be cleaned out according to what's on one side. And everyone who swears falsely will be cleaned out according to what's on the other side. I will send it out, declares the Lord of hosts, and it shall enter the house of the thief and the house of him who swears falsely by my name, and it shall remain in his house and consume it, all the wood and all the stones. Now this is a very, very dark passage. God sending a curse out over all of the land, and the curse is going to consume the house from stem to stern. From timber to stone. My wife's favorite album when she was in high school was Bruce Springsteen's Darkness on the Edge of Town. Now, this is a very dark album. And I think he could have written the album off of the dark passages in Zechariah. I'm not saying he did. Um, but this whole album is one that's just incredibly dark with small glimmers of light. It's like someone who's, who's at night in a, in a town where there are some lights, but you get to the edge of the town and you just see the darkness there. And so I'm going to play a couple of cuts from here. Because I want to talk about him and his life. And I want to see if any of this relates to you at all. And if it does, great. And if it doesn't, even greater. Thank God you're not there in your life. But the boss, as 
fans of Springsteen would call him. The boss has this incredible ability to speak into the desolation of life because he grew up in a really tough, abusive household on the streets of New Jersey as a young guy and, and just a really rough edge of life that he's tried to figure out how to find redemption in the midst of it. It's pretty cool. If you ever had a chance to see his one-man show on, on Broadway, he ends the show, which is all about his music and his life. He ends the show having the entire audience stand up and say the Lord's Prayer. Uh, it's pretty profound. But I want to play you a couple of cuts because I want you to get the flavor of darkness. It's real easy for us to read quickly over dark passages of the Bible. And I'm, I, I've got these song cuts because I don't want us to do that. I want us to understand there is real darkness on the edge of town. And sometimes we're on the edge of town in that darkness. So let's listen first about 45 seconds. And I'm telling you the song clips because Bruce is not for everyone. So each one of these clips is about 45 seconds long. But, but uh, we'll stop and talk about each one for a moment. Let's start with the, the album title cut, Darkness on the Edge of Town. Here it is. Everybody's got a secret sign. Something that they just can't Some folks spend their lives trying to keep it. They carry it on every step that they take. about it. It'll fade out here. If you think about it, everybody's got a secret something. And, and he, he's talking about people who have put themselves into darkness, because sometimes we do. And, and things that, that are our secrets that are, will weigh us down and, and you, you live in the guilt, or you live in the shame, or you live in the fear. And that's real in this world. There are a lot of people who walk in that. And that's some of what Zechariah is talking about. That's real darkness on the edge of town. Now, my friend... Gail came up to me after class last Sunday and she said, please don't ever hesitate to stop in the middle of what you're doing and pray because sometimes it's the right moment. So we're going to do that some today because if you're in that place right now, I just want to pray with you about it. Then we'll move on to the next Springsteen line. But Father, in the name of Jesus, I come against all of the darkness in our lives, that which is self-inflicted. That which um, we brought on ourselves, Father. I pray that we expose it to you. 
so that you will forgive us and, 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 and let us experience the forgiveness and the, the love, unconditional love that you have for us that moves us beyond fear into faith and trust in you. In Jesus, amen. So there's another song um, on this album that's really uh, got a little more edge to it. Nice little play on biblical theme, Adam Raised a Cain. I don't know if you grew up raising Cain meant uh, causing trouble. So I've pulled this out of the middle and I've had to ease into it. And it's, it's rough around the edges because he's singing something that's rough around the edges. He, you don't sing this song with these words and this darkness and this message with an opera voice. Or uh, uh, what was the little girl, Shirley Temple? Ah, okay, I mean, sun come out tomorrow. No, 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 man, the sun's not coming out. It's gone, okay? <laughs> so don't sing it like that. Here's, here's the middle verse of Adam Raised a Cain. Springsteen's father suffered from mental illness. Uh, he was an alcoholic. He would come home angry and drunk and abusing his family. And Bruce grows up in this, never knowing the love of his earthly father. Um, there are people, and you, you look at it and you say, well, where did it start? Because his grandfather had the same problems too. Did you know most people who are abusers to their spouses grew up in homes where there was spousal abuse? The sins of the father, biblically taught, are visited for seven generations, which means it can go on and on, absent God who breaks the chain. So it's, it's, it's a profound problem. Adam raised a cane. And so let's pray about this for a moment. Father, I pray for anybody in here who struggles having come from a home of discord and disharmony and abuse that you will alter the structure in their brain by your Holy Spirit to change that which seems so deeply inherited. In Jesus, amen. All right. 
So there's another song on here, Streets of Fire. Listen to the darkness here. And it's, it's interesting because there's almost a glimmer of light in a number of these songs. Listen to the darkness. interesting this idea of wanting to give up and it's a real ideal idea among many who are living in darkness the suicide rates in our country are higher per capita than they've ever been there are so many people who are in such despair it fuels an opioid epidemic in our nation There are so many people in so much pain, and they don't know where to turn. And it's a cold world, and the walls are cold, and they feel like an absolute loser. Here's another segment of that same song. Um, you, you see it in shows on TV. There are people who are desperately looking for some level of love, some level of life, something to hold on to. If there's anybody like that on the internet or in here listening, I got an answer for you. And it just, I can't tell you how many shows Becky and I watch that just get very dark. And we just look at each other and say, I mean, this could be resolved in five minutes if they just meet Jesus. And you say, well, I mean, Jesus, yes, meet Jesus. Well, Jesus isn't going to solve, oh, meet Jesus. Well, Jesus isn't going to turn around, meet Jesus. 
Because I'll tell you what Jesus does. Jesus brings you a new life. He puts his spirit within you. And that spirit will convict you of sin because it's moving you beyond sin into God's mercy and grace. And it's going to grow you up in him so that you can withstand the storms of life by the power of God. I've got a brother, not a physical brother, but a brother in heart whose life got terrible when he turned it over to the Lord. Lost a marriage. Struggled with a daughter. Tough situation. And you know what he'd say to me almost every day on the telephone when we'd talk? He'd say, but brother, I've got the Lord and I'm not turning back. God will transform you. It's not always easy. It's called growing pains for a reason. But there is this deep, undeniable peace and joy that comes from knowing God holds you in his hands. And so when you look at a passage that's so dark, a passage that says the curse is going out over the face of the whole land, This darkness is spreading out all over. A curse from God over the whole land. Everyone who steals will be cleaned out according to what's on one side. I mean, look, you go go out and steal. You're going to get cleaned out. I always wondered, you know, I'd get mad when somebody steals from me. I've had stuff stolen before and it just really makes me angry. And I've always wondered, if I go to the thief and I steal from them... I wonder if that would make them angry. I saw someone just drive in front of me the other day and just take a bag of garbage and throw it out in my yard. Just, they just throw it out. I thought, I wonder how they would feel if I just took that bag of garbage and drove over to their house, threw it out in their yard. You know, but this, this, is, this affects us all. It's not just the person who steals. This curse goes out over all the land. But the person who steals, they're going to get cleaned out. And the one who swears falsely is going to be cleaned out. And God says, I'm going to send it out. It's going to enter the house of the thief. It's going to enter him who swears falsely. And it will remain in its house and consume it. See, this is the way of of our own choice in the darkness scenario. I got to tell you, people can choose to live in darkness, but it comes with a price. And that's the reason we need Jesus. Because we shouldn't choose to live in darkness. I'm not going to play it for you. I played you enough, boss. But Bruce Springsteen in a song on Prove It All Night, he says, you want it? Take it. But you pay the price. And that's the way it is in this life. Now, there are two sides to this coin. Because all of the darkness that's coming, when you give your life in faith to Jesus, that storm will blow away the bad and leave you the good. It's a whole different way of looking at it. And so I said, no more Bruce Springsteen. I'm sorry. I've just got to play one last cut from that album. Listen to the line in here. It's still dark, 
But listen to the line on the promised land. I'm not saying you don't have storms after you become a believer. But if you've got the faith to stand your ground, you're going to find those storms just blow away the darkness. They blow away all the crud that accumulated in your life. They blow away the dreams that really aren't good dreams. Satan, more than anything else, is a master deceiver. And he would love to beguile and trick you as he did Eve into a fake reality. The biggest concern, I I shouldn't say biggest because I'm too literal. A huge concern I have with the internet and even with TV and movies is that it presents a false view of reality. And the temptation is for us to buy into it. You know, there was a community, a Swiss Christian community, uh, started by Francis Schaeffer called Labrie. And it was interesting because I was talking to one of the principals there one time. And, or maybe it, my sister Catherine spent a few months there. Maybe it was Catherine who told me this. I, don't, I lose track of it in my brain. But they said with their kids, they'll let them watch some shows on TV that we probably wouldn't let our kids watch. But they don't let them watch religious TV. Because religious TV, the kids will think is right when some of those people are not teaching the Lord. they They said, we can teach our kids. Our kids know darkness when they see it. But when darkness is disguised as light, that's what we're concerned about. You know, when you see someone who's sexually abused by someone who is clergy, it destroys that child's not only conception of sex, but it destroys that child's trust in the church. And what the boss is singing here is very biblical if I can take it the next step. And that is, if you've got the faith to stand your Look, there's a storm coming. But he says, I'm going straight into it. It's going to be a twister that blows everything down that doesn't have it the faith to stand their ground. If you've got the faith, you're going to be fine because what it'll blow away are all of those fake dreams. All that non-reality. That's what God's speaking into your heart if you're hearing this message. It's that all of those shadows and all of that darkness and all of that, that is something that I can blow away if you will give me your life and give me the chance to do it.
God wants to clean us up. And there are different standards to cleaning a house. Zechariah says, the angel who talked with me came forward and said to me, lift up your eyes and see what it, that is that's going out. This is the, the, a vision. And in the vision, there's this basket and, and evil is in the basket. And so with this evil in the basket, he says, that basket is going out. I said, what is it? He says, that's the basket that's going out. This is their iniquity in all the land. And they lift up the lid. There's a woman sitting in the basket. This is a vision, remember? And he's told that woman is wickedness. And he put her back into the basket and put down the lead weight on the opening. And then, behold, I lifted my eyes And two women come forward with wind in their wings. They had wings like the wings of a stork. They lifted up the basket between earth and heaven. And I said to the angel, where are they taking the basket? With the evil inside. Answer. He said to me, to the land of Shinar. I don't know what that is. Shinar is an old name for Babylon. Remember, they've come out of the Babylonian captivity. To the land of Shinar to build a house for it. And when this is prepared, they'll set the basket down there on its base. Where it belongs, the Hebrew says. Because the evil doesn't belong in the house of the Lord. Send it off to where it belongs. But in the house of the Lord, put a big lead, heavy weight on it and get it out of there. When I was a kid, I don't know what had happened but mom decided to teach us a lesson and my part of the lesson was I had to clean the bathroom and and it was a really good move mom (laughs) Um, my job was to clean the bathroom and I did it it took like five minutes and she said you didn't clean it well And I said, well, you haven't even looked. She said, you took five minutes. And I said, Mom, I'm really fast. She said, no, I want you to go clean it as well as you possibly can. Fine. So I went back and I cleaned it slow so that 15 minutes later I could go back out and it looked like I had done a much better job. And she says, well, let me go look. Do you know what mom did? She went in. And she got down on her knees and looked at the baseboards behind the commode. So there's dirt there. She says, you didn't get the baseboards. I said, mom, who cleans the baseboards behind the commode? And she said, nobody if you don't. So when I say clean the bathroom, you clean it. Now we all have different levels of cleanliness. For some, if you just straighten out this, that's pretty good. And I'm not holding mom up as the way we should all be. Um, I'm, I'm not doing that at all. But I love the example. 
Because evil has no place among God's people. It doesn't. God wants to clean you and me up. Even the baseboards behind the commode. He wants us clean. That's why Jesus died. To clean us up. All right, next chip. Again, I lifted my eyes and saw, and behold, four chariots came out from between two two mountains. Um, And the mountains were mountains of bronze. The first chariot had red horses, the second black horses, the third white horses, fourth chariot dappled horses. Whoever owns those chariots and horses is like wealthy. By the way, chariots only belonged in the hands of of kings and and warriors. Chariot, Deborah, all of them strong. Then I answered and said to the angel who talked with me, what are these? And the angel answered and said to me, these are going out to the four winds of heaven after presenting themselves before the Lord of all the earth. The Lord, Haladonai, call all Haaretz, all the earth. God's not Lord over a little bit. He's Lord over all the earth. And you may not understand all of that vision with all of the chariots, and we could spend a lot of time talking about different aspects of it. But I really want to hone in on he's Lord of all the earth. Because that means that all your darkness and everything you've experienced in your life is in God's hands. Okay, it's my three-minute song. You just got to bear with me. But you got to remember this is a song everybody in here knows so i'm i I could i don't i could just reference it but i want to wash it over you so i want you to take to listen to this prayerfully take whatever darkness whatever fears whatever guilt whatever you've got in your life that's just whatever issues and problems whatever's raised its ugly head against you the, the, the problems, I, I, I just want you to set them before the Lord of all the earth. So with that, let this wash over you.
Amen. That's our God. That's our God. He's got the whole world in his hands. Name a problem. He's got it in his hands. Name a disease. He's got it in his hands. Name a discord. He's got it in his hands. Name a sin. He's got it in his hands. We don't have a problem that he doesn't have in his hands. So why don't we let him deal with those problems and trust him to do so as a father who loves us enough to leave the heavenly glorious realm and take on a human form so that he can justly, fairly, rightly, in truth, take on all of our problems. Die with them. And then the God that's resurrected in power who has defeated death and every problem there is, says, I want to come dwell in you and give you new life that will be eternal. I mean, that's pretty special. That's beyond incredible. All right, next chip. Those who are far off shall come and help to build the temple of the Lord. And you'll know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you, and this will come to pass if you'll diligently obey the voice of your God. This shall come to pass if you will diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God. You know what? God made you and me in one of the most incredible ways. We are not a remote control. If I push this green button, it's going to advance this slide. If I push the red button, it's going to go backwards. If I push the green button, it goes forwards. It's got no choice. There's not a mind in here that says, I'm getting so tired of him pushing the green button and telling me what to do. I'd like to pick my own choice right now, and I'm going to slide 39. No, doesn't have that ability. My computer is playing this PowerPoint because I used programs that people have written. And I inputted this material into the computer. The computer does not have a mind of its own. So that if I'm going to play Bruce Springsteen, the computer can say, I'm really not in a Springsteen mood today. I'm in the mood for some K-pop. What do you got from Korea? No, it doesn't do that. But God made you and me differently. God made you and me with an ability to make choices 
And those choices have consequences. They're real choices. We get to choose. This is reflected in the very earliest pages of the Bible. Genesis gives us two different creation accounts. And in Genesis chapter 1, and they're, they're there on purpose, by the way. That's not an accident. That's not somebody later saying, hey, we got two of them. Let's throw them both in there. No. In Gen- they, they, they are linked very carefully. So in Genesis chapter 1, for six days, God creates things and he names them. God creates light and he calls the light day. And he calls the darkness night. And there was evening and morning, first day. What God calls it, it is. God has the ability to do that. He's God. So he calls it the light day, it's day. You might want to say, well, no, we're going to change that up. I mean, that's what it is, whether you like it or not. That's God's power. But then... God creates Adam in Genesis chapter 2. And he says, we're going to make Adam and woman, man and female, in our image. And what do they get to do? Adam gets to start naming things. So God pulls all the animals in front of Adam. And God doesn't tell them what the names are. God says... You pick. And whatever Adam named the animals, the text says, that was its name. The important part of this is the lesson that God created us with an ability to choose in ways that make consequences real. So, you've got a choice. This will come to pass if you'll diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God. If you'll make that choice. You've got this remarkable power to choose. So <laughs> a logical question then is, okay, well, how do we choose? God doesn't often tell you exactly what to do. God tells you what should go into your decision-making process so that you can make a good decision. Oh, sometimes he'll put boundaries on. He'll close doors. He'll open doors. He'll keep you in a lane. But oftentimes he says, you, you need to make this choice. Our grandson, John Henry, is um, three and a half. He'll be four in October. And Gracie and JT, our daughter and son-in-law, are trying to teach him to eat um, responsibly. So they're constantly saying to him things like, you know, listen to your stomach. Is your stomach telling you that you're full? And if so, you need to quit eating. Is your stomach telling you you're hungry? If so, you need to eat some more and not just try to run off and play. Listen to your stomach. Listen to your stomach. You know, because they want him to learn to, to be in touch with his body. Well, he doesn't have a clue what they're talking about. I'm sorry, with all due respect to my daughter. Um, so the other day, she says, it's time to go to bed, John Henry. And he says, I'm listening to my stomach, and it says it's not time to go to bed. <laughs> 
John Henry, it's time to pick up your toys. I'm listening to my stomach, and it's not time to pick up my toys. You know, I got to listen to my stomach. How do we choose? Well, God gives us a little bit of growing instructions. Look at Zechariah 7, 9 and 10. Thus says the Lord of hosts, render true judgments. Just stop for a minute and think about it. Render true judgments. Show kindness. Show mercy to one another. Well, I don't have a choice in that. Sometimes I'm so frustrated I can't be kind. Yes, you can. Don't listen to the evil one. Call upon the power of Jesus. Say, help me be kind. And when you're not kind and you're not merciful, repent of it. Say, God, I'm sorry. I blew it. Give me a chance. And apologize to whomever you weren't kind and merciful to. I was short-tempered with Becky. Uh... I think it was yesterday morning. And I didn't mean to be. I hadn't slept. I'd been on the road all week. We had a tough day. I was headed to, we were headed together to Lubbock. I thought she might be running a little late. I didn't want to run in late. I'd do the commencement address. It was a busy day. And, and I jumped on her in impatience about being a little late. And it turned out she wasn't late. I wasn't looking at the clock right, so I was like, doubly bad on me idiot and um and she said to me she said show some mercy to me please uh, ouch I don't have to do that till tomorrow that's the passage I'm teaching tomorrow <laughs> not today but to be able to say I'm sorry I don't, I don't understand why I'm being short with you. I have no reason to be short with you. I apologize. God, give us the gift of starting over again, please. Show kindness and mercy to one another. Mm. But there are two sides to the coin, not just the positives. He says, and don't oppress the widow. Don't oppress the fatherless. Those are the people... Don't take advantage of people who can't defend themselves. The sojourner, the poor. Don't devise evil against someone else. And God's not talking about this in a moment basis of, okay, well, here's a moment. That's a picture. This is think movie. He, he's talking about the whole flow of your life. You know, and they refused to pay attention. They turned a stubborn ear. Okay, we've got to, I can't do another week on this. So we got to skip. I'm sorry, we're going. Thus, because we're almost out of time. Thus says the Lord, I've returned. This is another potato chip. I've returned to Zion and I'll dwell in the midst of Jerusalem. And Jerusalem will be called the faithful city, the mountain of the Lord. Do you know the movie? A house is not a home. 1960 something. Burt Bacharach wrote the song. I'm sorry, Luther Vandross, but I'm not using your version. I'm using the original by Dionne Warwick because that's the right one. But do you know this lyric?
A chair is still a chair, even when there's no one sitting there. But a chair is not a house, and a house is not a home when there's no one there to hold you tight. So the no difference between a chair, I mean, a, a house and a home. Is when there's someone there. And God says in this passage that he's going to return and he's going to dwell in the midst of his people. Jesus said it this way, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone will hear my voice and open the door, I'll come in to him. And I'll eat with him and he with me. That's an amazing concept. That's the God who doesn't want you living in the darkness on the edge of town. He wants to be the light of your life. He wants to come in and eat with you, and he wants to clean you up, even the baseboards around the back of the commode. And he wants to teach you and grow you in kindness and mercy so you reflect his kindness and mercy to this world of darkness. And you'll shine like a light. And so the points for home are very simple. Don't live in the darkness on the edge of town. I mean, there are places where evil is honored, it's emulated, it's encouraged, but not in the house of God. It's got no basis in presence in God and his people. And we want to live in the presence of the Lord. Amen? All right, let me bless you in the name of Jesus and God willing, uh, till next week. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray that your spirit will convict us of our sin, that we will seek you to be Lord of all of our life, every corner. And we eagerly await you blowing away all of the bad and growing within us your goodness and kindness and mercy as we rest In Jesus Christ, our risen Lord. Amen.